From Vistio, this is CXQA Live. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Welcome to CXQA Live, the home of the agent-centric contact center philosophy. We talk every week about how agents with the right training, tools, and connection with your company are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool that you can have for your business. They're going to ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stay and contribute to the long-term success of your company. Now, today on the show, we have joining us the one and only Stacy Sherman of Doing CX, right? Stacy's background, customer experience, marketing. She's a global keynote speaker, traveling CX journalist, author and host of the award-winning Doing CX Right podcast, which really is a great podcast. She's known for her heart and science framework. She's generally one of those bubbly people that just kind of gets people warmed up and makes them feel safe on her podcast, opening up, talking about ideas and experiences. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, Stacy. Thank you for having me back. You're the only person other than Jacob and I to have ever hosted the show. Um, and so we'll, we'll be doing that again soon, I hope, but, uh, uh, really is great having you with us. We're going to talk about something that is near and dear to your heart and really close to your experience and expertise. A couple of, uh, admin items here would love for you guys that are along with us today to engage with us in the chat. Jacob will be taking a look at that. And if you have a question or comment, you may be asked if you want to come on screen and ask your question or make your comment, although that certainly won't be mandatory. After our time today, several of us will jump out to the discussion table that will appear as soon as we end the main session. We'd love for you to uh, grab a virtual seat at that discussion table and uh, just chat with us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. And then the final thing is we'd encourage you to go over to Vistio's YouTube channel and uh, check out past episodes, get to know the kinds of topics and things that we are uh, talking about week to week. You might find some things that are beneficial to you or that might be beneficial to your network. This is a time that we dedicate to ideas, to discussion. It's intended to be something that is a bit of an investment of time for everybody involved. So without further ado, Stacy, we're here to talk about agent value. And it's uh, probably a little bit of a different spin on what typically is called agent experience. And that term agent experience, sometimes it's shortened to AX because, you know, we have CX, right? Uh, people talk about EX, employee experience. Now we have AX for agent experience, right? I think the conversation is growing about agent experience to a point that we can start to see uh, the momentum, if you will in the industry, there, there's a, a growing understanding that there's a connection between the agent's experience and the business outcomes that the agent is attached to providing. You know, all of that is very, very positive. I want to differentiate though, because, you know, agent experience is definitely something that you've dealt with in your career that you talk about a lot. Uh, but I want to differentiate between agent experience and agent value and kind of center our conversation today on agent value. So, just to differentiate between the two real quickly, agent experience is focused uh, 
on the viewpoints and experiences of the agent within a CX operation. Whereas the concept of agent value gets at the heart of that employee-employer relationship between the agent and the company for which they work. The questions being asked really is what is the business value that the agent brings to the business? And I think this is an important nuance because agent experience can kind of be written off sometimes or minimized as far as its you know business viewpoint because it's like, well, all right, as long as they're performing, okay, we don't need to worry about agent experience. It kind of came into the level of conversation that we have somewhat because there was huge turnover issues. There still are turnover issues. But what we really want to talk about something that's not just a nice to have. It's not just a reaction to problems. It's a way to actually improve the business outcomes through understanding how to maximize and cultivate maximum value from your agents within your business. Now, that's something a CFO can understand and even measure and really sink his or her teeth into, right? To, to say, we have this person that's an asset within our business. How do we maximize the business value of that person within the business? So that's kind of where we are. We're setting the table here for this concept, right? Agent value. I've done enough talking. Stacy, open up for us agent value. Yes. Agent value, I also would call it human value, because all of the roles that we talk about in different organizations, it's about the humans. Yes, they have titles. And in this case, we're talking about that specific responsibility, but it's the human value. And it's a two-way street, because it's the company, how they use their staff to deliver value to the customer. It's the company's responsibility to help that agent in this case feel valued, feel important through actions. And the individual also has a role to play in that. We have to own our, our value as well. So there's a couple of angles of, But the reason it's becoming such a hot topic is because the workforce is changing. BPOs and outsourcing solutions, especially contact center outsourcing, is booming. And in that case, that's the product. The agents are the product, right, that the BPO is. So the value is even that much more important. But I'll pause. It's uh, there's a lot here. There, there certainly is. Um, you know, I, I think we're transitioning as an industry slowly but surely away from how much work can we get out of the agent and as cheaply as possible and still hit the minimum quality score to survive, <laughs> right? And to not get contractually hit with, you know, um, clawbacks and you know, other things like that. So I, I, th- I think we're moving away slowly from, from that kind of a mindset, although it certainly exists, towards seeing the agent and even marketing the agent as a competitive advantage in the marketplace. You know, the quality of our agents, the quality of our people, the, the viewpoint that our people have about their work, all of that sort of thing as a competitive advantage in the marketplace. And, and, and that, that gets me excited. Well, Yeah, I mean, if you look at the value propositions from a lot of companies, they're all claiming better talent. 
Mm-hmm. So that's exactly right what you're saying. Now, better talent. Well, by what definition? By whose definition? So if everybody's claiming that, well, what does that mean? How are you proving that? 100%. Well, what do you think? Let's, let's go deeper. There's so much to go through here. I, I'll, I'll let you uh, be our guide. <laughs> well, there's a lot of layers, as we said, and better talent. So there's some companies that I've worked with, I've worked at, that have one person responsible for that agent success, agent experience, and the value for those agents. And then you have other organizations where there's a dedicated team to serving those those people. And sometimes those people are employees. Sometimes they're not. They're independent contractors that work for a company because the gig model, right? The gig CX is real thanks to Uber and other like companies where people want to work right time, right place by defined by them. Mm -hmm. And so with the shifting workplace, it's important to understand how to manage that, the mindset and the value, because there are many companies who can't handle the volume. And so there are solutions, but the holistic component is what, doing CX right is about. Well, I mean, you talk about heart and science. Yes. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of um, your primary framework that you bring to bear on customer experience in general, but the the whole bunch of that framework is really coming from the agent and, and centers around the inputs into the agent experience and value and the outputs of the agent value. So maybe you could just Go heart and science for us for a minute because uh, I, I, you know, I, I've read a lot of your content around it, but help us center this conversation through that framework. Yes. So each letter of heart and science represents some actionable strategies. So I'll give you one example. The heart H is really about honesty and transparency. So. For example, if you don't enable your agents to be upfront and tell the real story of your brand, be able to support and back up what's stated when they're talking to the customer, the, the customer is going to know. And the agent is just the messenger here. So the onus is on the company to enable the agent to be able to say the right messages, be equipped be transparent, and it's the communication. And one of the biggest pain points is that you have the silos internally. So you have, let's say, marketing delivers a offer and that never reaches the agent. So the customer calls and says, well, I got that email from your company about 15% savings. And the agent's like, "Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, like, talk about the heart, the heart sinks. The agents just wants to hide. The customer is angry. And that's because it was the lack of transparency within the company and the customer feels that. So that's just one example of, of bringing the heart to business. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I know when I've worked for a company in the past 
And I realized that, you know, I'm in a position where I can't help a customer or I wasn't properly, um, you know, equipped to or informed to help a customer. I'm not so warm and fuzzy about work at that moment, right? You know, you, you just, you're just discouraged, right? And so over the course of time, you hit enough potholes, eventually you need a realignment, just to use an automotive analogy. Yeah, absolutely. Many companies are really good at the data. What I'm referencing is some of the science behind the work. But what happens is they forget the heart of business and they don't combine it with the science. So there's that holistic value. And it's important that companies are really mindful of that combination. And I would say it includes making it easy for the agents to do their job. What do I mean by that is think about how high pressured it is. You're, you're in prime time. You're alive with that customer on that phone. Chat is probably a little bit easier than speaking, you're on the phone. You are running through multiple screens. You're trying to find answers to the customer's questions and you're not equipped. You don't have the answers. I mean, that's where the data tells the story. The technology can enable it and help the agent free up time and stress to be able to have those answers. So, there's a lot of layers to this, but again, at the end of the day, it's what are your processes to help the agents be able to perform in real time? What are the communities that you give and enable your agents to be able to ask questions in a, in a speak up culture? How often do you bring your agents to the table where decisions are made so that they feel part of the business? not just told what to say and do. All of that is part of agent value. It really is. You know, there's so much there we could go down that path that you just <laughs> kind of opened up to us. Maybe we can take a, a two-sided approach here for the next few minutes, Stacy, because you mentioned kind of in your windup, if you will, that the brand or the company owns some part of agent value and the agent owns some part of agent value. Maybe you could just give us a breakdown of both sides of that as you see it and, and maybe point out some ways where there's genuine cooperation needed, um, kind of the bridge points between the two. Absolutely. And this applies to all roles within the organization. Mm -hmm. But in this case, with the agents, so the company, whether it's in-house support center or outsource solutions, the agents need to be, they need mentorship, they need support, they need the right training. They need to be viewed not as a cost center, but truly as a value. And it amazes me how often I'll hear people say, the salespeople are the front line, not the agents. I'm like, are, are you kidding me? Agents are your front line, sometimes even before your salesperson gets there. Yeah. So- we need a shift in mindset on that first. The companies, again, need to invest in 
how they help those agents give them even a career path, make it where they are feeling important, invested, because think about it, just day-to-day human behavior, even here today. If I had a bad experience before I got here, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel my energy. You're going to feel and see that I'm not happy. And so that's the agent life too. And those customers are those paying customers. And therefore you cannot risk, you cannot risk a bad day. And so humans, we have them, but when the company really supports you and it's a feels like a home, they're able to mask that. They're able to show up. And so how do you do that? That is part of leaders doing their job. It's leaders caring about their people and not taking a cookie cutter approach. This is when you start. This is when you end. This is what you read. You don't think you do. No, you have to empower them. You have to support their needs personally and professionally. So that's what I mean by the company. Now, as people, as humans, you know, agents have to come to the workplace and life. They have to show up with positivity because that's contagious and that's seen, that's heard. In fact, when I've been in a call center before, agents were trained to answer the call with a smile. And some of them said, well, no one sees me. I'm on the call. And the truth is, they feel it. They feel the smile on the other end. So the agents have to own that. And I love talking to agents and I ask them, what does customer experience mean to you? And I know within seconds, the ones that really own it and care about it intuitively versus the other ones are feeling like it's just a paycheck. Let me clock in and clock out. And those are the people that you want because they have to come with the right attitude and there's the right questions when you're interviewing. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about the work that you do, whatever it is, you know, what's been going on in your day, what's been going on with your relationship with your company, what's been going on in the marketplace, you know, we're human beings, you know? And so the way that we interact with our customers um, the people that we're doing business with, even our, you know, coworkers, it, it, it's impacted by what's going on in life. And if you've got this really negative feeling and sentiment, um, it, it, it's kind of a race to the bottom, right? At some point where, you know, companies are not creating that environment that feels like a safe and, and, and healthy place to do work where you feel like you want to represent this company. You want to provide, uh, provide these great customer experiences. It's, it's kind of usually going one way or the other. There's not a whole lot of middle ground, right? I think that's a really important component. I, one, one other layer I'd like to just get your take on is, uh, and you mentioned mentorship earlier, you know, um, a lot of agents feel like they're expendable because, they're not treated like they have a future at the company. There's not a, a sense of we value your career that they get from their company, right? There's a the, kind of a higher turnover ratio that's kind of accepted in a lot of the CX world. Um, it, whereas the, the companies that continue to really catch my attention are the ones that are out there 
talking about the promotions of their agents within their organization, celebrating that, making that a focal point of the culture of their company, even celebrating when somebody within their organization gets a job outside of the organization to say, we're so excited for you and your next step in your career, even though it's not with them, right? And so maybe you can connect that thread for us because I think that career mindset is also a collaboration between the two. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, back to humans. Humans want growth. Humans want to feel appreciated. Humans Mm -hmm. want to feel like they're making a difference. And especially in a job that sometimes can be very monotonous Mm -hmm. and routine, that's even more important. So giving, having a culture where there's true gratitude expressed of people, both from top down and peer to peer. Give them a way to give high fives, rewards, friendly competition, gamification if it's meant to be fun. There's an informal, obviously. Pick up the phone. Have the CEO call the agent and say thank you. I mean, these are so easy to do. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's about human behaviors and gratitude. And there's also something else which is important that you're talking about employees in this case, but there's also in in some of the BPOs, you have independent contractors who don't work for the company. They have their own business. Well, how much are you helping them thrive in their own business who happen to be agents for a living? Well, that's, I'm really glad you bring that up. Um, You know, we had a question asked in the chat. Uh, Lisa asked a question and and she's actually going to come on and ask her question on video. So um, go ahead and, and, and bring her on, Jacob, if you, if you can. And I think this is an important question because the reality in customer experience is that there's a lot of different ways that labor happens, right? So, you know, you have, you know, BPO outsourcing, you have independent contractors, you have sometimes two or three layers of business doing business with business with business inside of the CX organization. So I think this is a great question, Lisa, and thanks for coming on to ask it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for allowing me to ask. So my question to you, Stacey, is do you see a difference in bringing out agent value in independent contractors versus employees? Great question. Yes, 100%, because guess what? An agent, an independent contractor, someone who owns their own business can go to another provider easily. You know, it's like Uber and Lyft. You know, they can work for Uber. They can work for Lyft. Obviously, those independent companies rather than be loyal to one. And if there's enough business and volume, they probably would. So agents are no different. And It's important that the same value that we're talking about that's provided by a company to these human beings, the better they do, the more that those agents are going to be very long tenured with that brand and those clients that they serve. So absolutely. But there are legal ramifications when you're dealing with companies that have employees and independent contractors. So there's a clear distinction. That's why it's so important that you have, obviously, well, companies have an HR team 
and those they handle the employee base. But you have to have people who are really focused on the agents and dedicated to their livelihood. And especially when you're dealing with 1099 people that they can't mix and there's a lot of legal and compliance. So you need the right focus. And if you do, they will be loyal to the brand they serve in those clients. It's a really good question. Really good answer. Uh, I definitely think it's kind of a mix of trying to achieve the same goal within some overlapping and some very different requirements and variables. And, and I think it's probably a lot of stuff that has to be viewed on a case by case basis, but with gig CX taking off, you know, uh, and, and I feel like really providing some unique opportunities for companies that have seasonal needs that have even strange off hour needs that aren't, you know, full shifts, right. You have the ability for, that workforce to, to be available when you need it, but not be a massive overhead when you don't. And, and so as this flexibility in labor uh, within CX becomes even more prominent, I think we're going to see more of these questions. I think we're going to see an even more importance placed on figuring out how to bring out agent value in both cases. Yeah. And don't forget the world is huge and small at the same time because you have a lot of choices. You have agents that are in country, you have them near shore, you've got them far away. And all these countries are actually booming in terms of agent support and the value they claim. South Africa is booming and these other areas that they want Americans to outsource to you know, and, and all around the world. So you, it's complicated. And making sure that companies are either outsourcing or augmenting their existing service to the right places is tremendous. And that could be a whole session in itself. It could. It really could. So put a pin in that one, maybe. You know, Shafiq asked a question in the chat. And uh, it's interesting you asked this. This is going to actually be the focus of next week's episode. We're going to have training expert Sherry Kendall on the show next week to kind of help us flesh out some of this because I think your analysis is right. Shafiq, he's basically said, I'll just read your question. What are your thoughts on getting the agents involved in automation projects, which help decrease the labor requirements within the contact center, ultimately leading to having less agents in the contact center? Um, I, I think the, and I'll let you take the long answer. I'll give the short answer here, Stacy. But I think that the realities are very likely what you've outlined here that, you know, AI will be able to do things that, quite frankly, humans don't need to do, and that will require the labor market to shift. And that's why we're having a training expert on next week to talk about this, because we're talking about getting ahead of the training realities to prepare for new types of roles uh, within uh, the CSR and frontline agent group, right? And so uh, I, I think this is an important set of questions, Stacey. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think this is really a, a timely question. Absolutely. I have a strong opinion that technology absolutely can enhance agent experience and customer experience and employee experience, human experience. Yes. However, there are cases, there are many cases where the AI is not 
sufficient. Let me give you a quick example. I worked for an elevator company, elevator industry. Well, if you're entrapped in an elevator and you're so frightened and claustrophobic, okay, I've heard those calls. And, you know, I need a technician. When are they coming? I'm entrapped. How much longer? You don't want some kind of robotic voice. No. No. (laughs) So there are many cases where the human is needed. And diminishing human, the human touch, will actually hurt the business. So, again, technology can absolutely make us more efficient. It could provide a better estimated time of arrival based on the location of that technician in this example, but in replacing, oh, please, caution, caution. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you've got to have that, that real understanding of your business and your customer when you're deploying any tool. Doesn't matter. And I think one of the things that concerns me at times looking at the marketplace is there's this almost fear of missing out level. We got to have an AI to do as much as possible. I think what Shafiq is talking about is there are a lot of repetitive tasks, tasks that really aren't even good tasks for humans to do within the CX organization, like password resets, um, you know, would be a, a real easy example where it, it really humans don't find a lot of value in that work and they're not as efficient as the AI might be. So in that scenario, I think there's the need for oversight of the AI in a lot of ways to learn how to prompt the AI to do its work when you have the right application. And I think your point was make sure you got the right application for the, yes. for the tool, right? Yes. Um, but in the cases where it is the right application for the tool, I think there are a lot of ways that we can begin now. And this is what next week's show is focused on. So Shafiq, I hope you'll be able to join us. We're really going to dig in on this. How do we prepare agents? Because I do think, like you said, there's going to be less frontline agents once this continues to uh, shift. How do we train them, prepare them? How do we increase their value in an age of AI automation growth in CX? That's next week's episode. Um, Stacy, would love for you to give any closing thoughts before we transition. Yes, I would say that the AI conversation, obviously everybody's having it. Yes, it enhances our experiences. Know the right time, the right place to use it, to free up agent time, to help them be able to have more quality time with the customer. And remember to bring your heart to business and combine it with the data that you're collecting for decision-making. So a lot more to say on that, but at the end of the day, agents are the front line and remember that invest in them. Yeah. Said very well. I mean, bottom line is the CX orgs and brands that best facilitate their agents being and becoming the most valuable version of themselves are going to be the ones that win. And um, I think uh, never has that been more true than it is now. So I want to thank Stacey Sherman for being with us. Um, Always a pleasure and I appreciate your insights. Thank you. And if anybody wants more learning around the heart and science tactical framework, uh, let me know because it works. It does. And I'm putting your website address into the chat. There's a ton of great resources just at her website. And obviously you can get in touch with her there as well. 
So I'm going to end the session now. Feel free to join us at the discussion table if you're available to do so. And either way, go make a difference today in your world. Bye, everybody. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.